Food is about people and places and moments in time. This is a Chef Demoni Snapshot with your host, Graham McLennan. Wow, does it feel good to be back in my hometown of Gibsons, British Columbia and back in front of the old home studio microphone. My name is Graham, as you probably know, unless you're brand new here, in which case, welcome to Chef Demoni. This is my podcast about food. Here's the thing about Sardinia, at least the thing that stood out to me. I was there for a week and I have only visited once, so I certainly don't claim to be any kind of an expert. Oh, if you are new here, I just got back from Italy and today's episode is the fourth and final snapshot episode highlighting just some of the wonderful places and the wonderful food that my wife B and I enjoyed on this trip in November 2023. You can hear the first three short snapshot episodes. They focus on Piedmont, Bologna, and Venice by visiting cheftimony.com or looking for those episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. But back to this thing about Sardinia. We consistently met people who had made a conscious effort to slow down, to act mindfully and to focus on their health and their happiness, even on longevity. At the end of the episode today, I will tell you about Alberto, who is a statistician turned tuk-tuk driver. And his term for this phenomenon of, of people slowing down and living more mindfully, his term was downshifting. Maybe it was coincidence that we met all these people who shared this mindset, or maybe we consistently met people of this mindset because Sardinia is a place that attracts such people. Certainly, Sardinia is, or or has at least, one of the five blue zones on the planet. These are places there on Sardinia and in California and Costa Rica, and on specific islands in Japan and Greece, and they are areas that stand out for longevity. We will hear a little bit more about Blue Zones in a quick interview today, later in today's episode. Anyway, whatever the reason we met these people, these slow-down-minded people on Sardinia, I am going to tell you about three of them, and one in particular is a perfect fit for Chef Timoni, a lawyer who decided not to focus on corporate law in Milan, but instead to focus on making pasta in Sardinia. You will meet her soon. She is the interview guest today. But the food, Graham, you ask, as well you should. I will get there. We flew into Cagliari. I'm hopefully getting better at pronouncing that city, Cagliari. Uh, We flew into there, the largest city on Sardinia from Venice, on Ryanair, incidentally, my first time flying on that airline. Really not bad at all. A few too many in-flight advertisements for my liking, but it was smooth and on time, so overall it was great. So we flew, we landed, we picked up a car at the airport, and we left Cagliari, that is to say that we left visiting the city uh, for the end of our time on Sardinia, and we headed instead immediately north and up to the little town of Bosa. Now, driving was interesting, as I always find driving to be in Italy. The roads were so narrow and so twisty, but we didn't have that many miles to cover and we weren't in a rush. Plus, the sun was shining brilliantly, which was a serious bonus for November. So we arrived in Bosa, we checked into a really cute Airbnb that was located 
up a very rough cobblestone walk from the center of the village. Narrow, narrow streets and bulging cobblestones beneath our feet. But we ditched our bags there and we went in search of a late lunch, only to find that every restaurant was closed. Now, much as I absolutely love traveling in the off-season, and I recommend it very highly if you can make it work for your schedule, it does come with a few challenges. And in a place like Sardinia that is really highly attuned to the tourist market, businesses just follow the rhythm of the visitors, fair enough. And that means that in the winter, they are often closed. But we found a bar that was open and we ordered the last two panini that the bartender told us were available and they were okay, just. I mean, really quite disappointing. Now, that was an exception, certainly to our overall food experience on this trip. But if you wonder whether all food in Italy is amazing, I'm here to tell you that it's not. But hey, this was a quick sandwich and it did the job. And the following two mornings, Bosa made up for its lunch disappointment by delivering really outstanding continental breakfasts in our Airbnb. Simple things like yogurt and freshly squeezed juice, but also these amazing Sardinian pastries called pardulas. Uh, I think that's right. P-A-R-D-U-L-A-S, pardulas. They are star-shaped pastries and they're stuffed with a mixture of ricotta, saffron, and orange zest. Absolutely delicious. Now, on the last episode, the snapshot of Venice, I mentioned how I had felt taken care of by this elderly waiter in the restaurant in Venice. And the same feeling really arose here as well in Bosa. Our Airbnb host was so genuinely interested in making sure that we had a great time and certainly a great breakfast that I had that same great feeling again. Oh, and on the second morning, breakfast included fresh persimmon. It was so good. A bit too ripe, probably, but it had this rich, sticky texture and a flavor somewhere between fruit and jam. It was so good with a bite of bread and some coffee. In Bosa, we also had some really very good Neapolitan-style pizza at a place called Civico Uno. So if you're in Bosa and craving pizza, I can recommend that as a stop. Now, after Bosa, we headed north to a village called Lugo Santo. Again, apologies for my pronunciation, Luogo Santo. And we stayed again at an Airbnb, a really beautiful spot. This was a tiny house made of stone, and it was on a rural property and owned, as it turned out, by a German couple who had moved to Sardinia four years ago. And here is the first of our three people on Sardinia who had downshifted. Andrea was our host here in Luogo Santo. And she told us that she and her husband and children had made the move earlier than expected. They had been looking at Sardinia as a retirement place, but because her husband's work had become way too time-consuming and far too stressful, they decided to make the move now. So it, it was not easy, but they did make that decision. They moved earlier than they had originally been anticipating, and they are now loving life in rural Sardinia, piecing together some remote work, their Airbnb business, uh, with some other business ideas in the pipeline. Inspiring. As I say, she said it wasn't easy, um, so it's not as though <laughs> I'm suggesting anybody just chuck what they're doing and move to Sardinia, but these people had found a way to make it work for them, which was really inspiring. Now, the food while we were in and around Lugo Santo 
was really, really simple. Mostly we went to small local markets, we picked up groceries, and we cooked back at the tiny house. Now, there are times when Airbnb cooking, as I call it, just hits the spot. And by Airbnb cooking, I mean picking up something that you can whip up really quickly in as few pans as possible. So at this stop, we went with tortellini, pre-made tortellini, uh, pesto sauce, pre-made, of course, some really nice bufla mozzarella, and we just put those together, and that created a really, really tasty dinner. Two of them, in fact. We had the same thing on back-to-back evenings. Now, it certainly did not hurt that these tiny mini-markets in the back of Beyond on Sardinia had a selection of cheeses and cured meats that rivaled some of the best selections that I've seen at home in Canada. On the morning we left Lugo Santo, we drove to the village of Batista in the municipality of Olbia to take in what turned out to be a much better than expected pasta making class. Now our host was Simonetta and she hosts these classes in a centuries old home where her grandmother used to cook over a wood-fired stone stove. That stove is still there and it is still functional. And Simonetta is the person I alluded to earlier. Four years ago, she decided to change her life really quite radically. She left the practice of, uh, of law in Milan behind her, and she chose to make pasta on Sardinia, which sounds very sensible to me. Simonetta has since taught more than 5,000 students, including Stanley Tucci, of all people, who dropped in for a class last year. B and I were her only students for this class, another benefit of traveling in the off-season in November. And so we met Simonetta, she showed us around this beautiful old home, and then sat us down outside, and we had a snack and some coffee. Simonetta was explaining that pasta making requires energy, so she wanted to give us a snack first. And then she had us mix up very, very local semolina flour with water in a task-specific bowl. This is a very large ceramic bowl called a shiveda. I think that's right. Again, I'm not entirely sure on pronunciation, but we found one of these bowls in Cagliari at the end of our trip, and we actually managed to get it home intact uh, as carry-on luggage. Anyway, while we were mixing up the pasta dough and then later uh, shaping the pasta, Simonetta shared secrets for long life and this is what her classes and really what her whole changed lifestyle focus on now making pasta is one of the secrets and and domestic work generally Uh, not so much i suppose eating the pasta but the process of making it so simonetta left us making this one style of braided pasta that was really really intricate you really had to focus or i did at least on making these delicate strands and and braiding them together She left us working on that while she went to prepare lunch, and Simonetta said she would explain why she did that later, and she did. And she said it's really the meditative aspect of pasta making that is the magic of the process. You are so in the moment, particularly when you're doing something as intricate as this braided pasta. You're not thinking about anything else. You are just with the pasta. It's really a form of meditation. And Simonetta explained that traditionally pasta was a group-making activity with all of the benefits that come with socialization. She said eight to ten women would get together and make pasta and complain about their husbands. And she said it's just like going to the psychologist. 
So we absolutely loved that process. We made five or six different kinds of pasta all by hand. It was just a joyful couple of hours. Simonetta explained that wine is the second secret for longevity, and she showed us some on-site winemaking. She has purchased a number of buildings in this little village, and her longer-term goal is to turn it into a wellness and longevity center. So she's making her own wine, had a manual press there. It was so much fun to see. Interestingly, she does not drink alcohol herself, but uh, said that wine is the second secret for longevity, and I suppose, again, focusing on communal activities, spending time together, enjoying a reasonable amount of wine with good food and good friends. And the third secret, a healthy diet, simple food focused on vegetables and fruit, seasonal from the garden, uh, no sugar but honey, as you will hear Simonetta say herself. So let's hear from her. Let's hear from Simonetta. She was so gracious and said she would be happy to to record with me for a few minutes, and we did just for a few minutes, but you will hear Simonetta tell you about her ancient home. It's made of granite stones with a reed roof, and she's going to share some of the secrets of longevity. Simonetta, thank you for such a great class, and what I'd love to ask you first is to tell us, uh, you were working as a lawyer in Milano. Yeah. And you came back to Sardinia. Yeah, I changed why, my life. Changed your life. Why, why did you do that? And uh, for my wellness, for my mind, uh, for my body and uh, for my family. And uh, I want the best for me and uh, for my family. And so I changed my life. I changed my lifestyle. And uh, now before uh, I worked in a company and uh, like a lawyer. And now I live in the countryside in a very simply house, ancient house, 215 years old with granite stones and red roof and I make pasta. I make pasta, I make bread like my ancestor, 100, 200 years old. <laughs> it's so wonderful. And part of what you're doing here is to do with longevity and the blue zones. Can you tell us about the blue zone and, and what you do here that helps with longevity? And uh, yeah, Sardinia Island, in Sardinia, the people died 110 years old, 112 years old. And I show here in my house the secrets for long life in Sardinia. And I show like the Sardinian live what we, how we eat and um, how we do for long life. I show the activity domestic work and the makeup pasta is a secret for long life and uh, is the same uh, to work in the country or to make, uh, to make bread. And uh, because when uh, we, make it to, we make bread or pasta is uh, the best for the mind and for the body, but after we have... Uh, the wine for long life, uh, the wine of eternal youth, and this is the second secret. And after again, we have the food. <laughs> Our diet is uh, for longevity. And um, in my house, uh, I show this. 
this a secret, uh, um, the wine, the food, uh, the activity, domestic work. And um, I use only simple food. And uh, the secret is, is this, uh, to use the vegetable and the fruit season from the garden and uh, organic food uh, and uh, no sugar, but uh, honey, <laughs> almond uh, and uh, pasta, the grains, uh, bread and the cheese, goat cheese is uh, for longevity. This has been so wonderful. Thank you for sharing your home with us. Thank you. Grazie. Thank you so much. Ciao. Our last stop today is back in Cagliari, the largest city on the island of Sardinia, where we first started. And this is where we did a tuk-tuk tour with Alberto. Alberto's father was a nuclear physicist. Alberto himself was a statistician. Until a few years ago, when he chucked that and he said, I'm doing something else, and now he drives the streets and the alleyways of Cagliari in this tiny little tuk-tuk that has room for two behind him, and he shares his love for his city with tourists like us who were fortunate, uh, fortunate enough to, to book a tour with him. Now, in Alberto's view, Cagliari, and, and I think there's probably an argument for the whole of Sardinia, is a very good compromise in that there is weather, good weather, fantastic food. In Cagliari, it's a city of nearing 500,000 people, so it's got the benefits of the sophistication of a bigger city, but very close by, there are quiet areas, healthy living is possible. And I have to say, I agree with him. It was a beautiful, gorgeous city that had lots of the benefits of a bigger city, restaurants and theater and university, all of those sorts of things, but still a reasonable size and very easy to get out of to gorgeous beach areas. We also had some great gelato in Cagliari. I had one that was dark chocolate and holy moly, the gelato generally in Italy and on Sardinia. Wow, was it good. B had a pistachio gelato earlier in our time on Sardinia. That was in Alghero, closer to Bosa. And it really was spectacular. It actually and very strongly tasted of pistachio. Loved it. Oh, and in Cagliari, I finally got to try twice the traditional Sardinia pasta, Sardinian pasta that I've mentioned before, Coulergiones. And I worked with our waiter to get the pronunciation down, and he gave me the thumbs up. Uh, so Coulergiones, I think that's right. Uh, so these are dumplings. It's uh, pasta stuffed with a mixture of potato pecorino and mint and then the dumplings are served with a variety of sauces i tried them a few different ways i had them with a simple tomato sauce i had them with leek cream and i had a dish of them with walnuts and pine nuts scattered over the top all three were delicious and i'd like to say that the simplest the tomato was my favorite but wow that leek cream it was absolutely delicious they all were but that leek one was in particular if you're looking for the restaurant in Cagliari where I had those, that was where I had them with the leek cream and the walnuts and the pine nuts. It's a restaurant called Sadomu Sarda. I will put a link in the show notes and you can go there and check it out if you decide to visit Cagliari yourself. So that was our time on Sardinia. I think it was very good for us to realize that people are making decisions to downshift their lives, to live in more mindful and probably more healthy ways than a lot of us choose to do in North America. If nothing else, it was a helpful exercise in getting some perspective. And of course, it came with a lot of delicious food, which never hurt either. 
one thought on coffee generally in Italy. I was laughing and I was messaging with one of the Chef de Moni followers on Instagram about the size of coffee that you tend to get in Italy. When we were there in 2021, wow, I thought the espresso serving size was a joke. I think I mentioned that on an earlier episode. Then I learned that a Cafe Lungo is a longer extraction, also in an espresso cup, but at least that espresso cup is closer to full. That is a great way to go. And beyond that, they will also make you an Americano, which is, of course, exactly the same as it is here, an espresso shot with uh, lots of hot water or more hot water added to it. Of the three, although I appreciated the volume of the Americano, I think I would have to say that I enjoyed the Café Lungo the most. So that is what I will be going back to next time in Italy. But for today, that is it. That is the snapshot of Sardinia. And that is all of my updates from Italy, at least for 2023. Hope you enjoyed them. Thank you for being here with me to share them with me. I have got a couple of full-length episodes in the works, one hyper-local and one a little further afield to a larger city significantly south of me. Can you guess what that city might be? Yes, there may be some Las Vegas in our collective future. In the meantime, and before those episodes come out, please feel free to follow along with the Chef Demoni experience on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, now X, uh, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Chef Demoni. I also post occasionally on LinkedIn, and there you will find me under Graham McLennan. If you'd like to get in touch, I would love to hear from you. So you can reach me through those uh, social media outlets or uh, very easily simply by sending me an email. And those go to graham at cheftimony.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do tell a food-loving friend about Cheftimony and please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Thank you for considering all of that. That is all for today. Thanks for being here with me. I'm Graham McLennan, and I'll see you again soon, right here on Chef Demoni.